The U.S. cotton industry is being fleeced by China and India. We'll talk about that on this edition of Tune In. Hi, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Here's your host, Representative Rick Crawford. And we are back for another edition of Tune In. I am your host and your representative, Rick Crawford. Glad you could join us. We want to talk about cotton. As you know, uh, it's the most famous commodity in the South, as we know. Um, Cotton has been the lifeblood of many Delta communities, certainly in my district and across the Mid-South. So um, it's it's really unfortunate that we're seeing the vitality of this industry under attack and targeted by countries like China and India. And the jobs and the economic activity associated with the cotton industry are certainly at risk. Um, Listen to what Ag Committee Chairman Conaway had to say about China's practices in particular. In the case of cotton farmers who are substantially excluded from the Farm Bill safety net, these producers have been whipsawed by communist China's erratic policies. China has driven global cotton prices to record highs only to then send them to a total freefall. Despite these circumstances, there's little to no help for the American cotton producers made available under our farm bill. So let's talk about those erratic policies he mentioned. China has amassed more than 60 million bales of cotton stocks at a price between $1.40 and $1.45 a pound. That's government-provided support. Man, it'd be nice if we could get cotton $1.40. China's propping that up. And uh, they are the world's largest importer as well. And, and, but they have reduced their imports from around 25 million bales down to approximately 5 million bales. And if uh, they're also seeing some pressure from the Indian government, they've increased their price support for cotton by 35%, which means that the Indian cotton market, is our cotton actually is also flooding the market as well. And on top of that, we see Turkey now uh, possibly imposing an average uh, tariff of 6% on U.S. cotton, while other cotton uh, from other countries remains duty-free going into Turkey. That's having a, a very negative effect on prices, as you can imagine. Prices have plummeted because of those actions in the global market. Um, as you might expect, cottons have rea- uh, cotton producers have reacted in an appropriate way by scaling back their, their, their acreage. Uh, last year, we saw about a 40% decrease in the planted acres of cotton in Arkansas alone. Um, about a 22% decline nationwide. Um, that's, that's fewer cotton acres nationwide in the last 100 years, with the exception of one year, and that was in 1983. The Stacks program, which was designed to, to serve as a crop insurance product specifically for cotton, it, it can't help in this environment when we see the extraneous factors being put into, into play from countries like China, India, and Turkey. Um, It just wasn't designed to operate in that type of environment. So here's the bottom line. American producers can compete with anybody, given a fair and level playing field. But they can't compete with governments who are skewing the market through extremely high subsidies. Um, On December 14th last year, as you know, I sent a letter along with more than 100 other colleagues here in the House to uh, Ag Secretary Vilsack asking that he use his power to uh, consider cottonseed and oilseed for the purposes of participating in the Ag Risk Coverage Program or the Price Loss Coverage Program. On February 3rd of this year, the Secretary announced that he was unable to consider cottonseed and oilseed because he didn't have the authority. But here's the problem with that reasoning. and I'm going I'm to quote the text in the Farm Bill. Among other reasons, Congress basically gave him the authority um, 
and it says here in the 2014 Farm Bill, a, uh, it defines other oil seed to mean, quote, a crop of sunflower seed, rapeseed, canola, safflower, flaxseed, mustard seed, cranberry, sesame seed, or any oil seed designated by the secretary. I don't know how it gets any clearer than that. Now, he's been saying, well, there's some ambiguity in the statute. That doesn't seem very am ambiguous to me. I just think he lacks the will to do it for whatever reason. Um, I've already responded uh, with a statement along with our uh, colleagues here in Arkansas asking him to reconsider that uh, request of more than 100 bipartisan members of this body. Earlier this week, he appeared before the Ag Committee. Take a quick listen to my question to him. And Do you think India. China and India's actions with respect to cotton violate their commitments in the WTO? And if so, what's the USDA and USTR doing about it? Well, I think that uh, the uh, Trade Representative's Office is very acutely aware of this. It has expressed concerns on, to both India and China. Uh, and I think uh, the fact that they are, are potentially, they are already bringing cases in a number of areas indicates a willingness to take these folks on. There is a limitation uh, in terms of the number of cases that they can handle from a staffing perspective. Uh, and uh, we're certainly going to continue to encourage them to put pressure, and we'll continue to put pressure on China. Uh, they are very difficult to deal with in a lot of areas, not just cotton. Understood. Uh, perhaps uh, your department could use further counsel on trade issues, given your comments to the appropriators. In fact, the lack of a top trade advisor in the department was uh, contemplated by this committee in the Farm Bill. That's why we authorized uh, your department uh, the appointment of an undersecretary of trade. Why haven't you appointed one yet? Congress has requested on two separate occasions that we study the issue, which we're in the process of following the congressional mandate direction. So basically, our concerns about China's trade violations are tied up in government bureaucracy, and they're dragging their feet on appointing someone who can actually take responsibility for it. Uh, we've given them the authority to do it. They just haven't done it. Meanwhile, um, his agency is refusing to act on our uh, clear request for help uh, to assist Americans who are suffering as a result of you know global market manipulation. A lot of smoke and mirrors here. It's been frustrating to, to a lot of us who are obviously very concerned about the decline in the cotton market and the effects it's having on the industry. It's important to Arkansas. It's important to the first district of Arkansas in particular. So we're going to keep pushing on this because we think we have a good case and and they're just really. Uh, is a, a lack of motivation to get it done on the part of the secretary, but uh, we're about out of time. I just wanted to make sure that you knew that we're on this case. I've gotten a lot of calls and phone uh, uh, text messages and emails about this issue. Um, we'll keep you posted as it develops. Uh, until then, if you have any questions or concerns, please don't hesitate to call my office. That number is 870-203-0540. That's the Jonesboro office. You can also find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And as always, if you have a question or a comment you want to weigh in on TuneIn, uh, tweet us at TuneInAR1, at TuneInAR1. Give us your name and your hometown so we can properly attribute your comment or question. Thanks for joining us for this edition of TuneIn. We'll see you next time.